The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for The Wrap and IGN. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm the other guy. I am slowly turning into a cat. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That, that explains all this hair. Yeah. Uh, Are you going through a midlife crisis? Have you been spending too much time working and not enough time with your family? Uh, yes, but not through any kind of decision, just a need to work really hard to make ends meet. And we can do that for like a third or fourth Shaggy Dog movie. Okay. Getting so, run out of, so like okay, you're turning so, into a cat, your family so will hang I'm, out with I'm the neglect, cat. I'm neglect, I'm being a bad father, mm-hmm. I, I blew off uh, some important event of my son's, and Probably he got really upset with or me, or, or I, I didn't fulfill a promise I had made, I'll, I promise I'll get you that bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, as punishment, uh, God has turned me into an animal say a llama this time you just said it was a cat a cat's uh, an upgrade I, I suppose a cat would be more fun than a llama a cat yeah. you can like hang around indoors with other people yeah although it would be kind of fun to see your kids like trying to hide the llama from your wife i suppose so you should come up with some sort of system with your mm. spouse so that if you are ever turned into an animal in a midlife crisis situation mm. then you can just be like listen if i'm ever turned into an animal I will claw five times <laughs> against the piano uh-huh. and then look at you pointedly, and then you'll know. You'll know it's me. Yeah. You gotta make, make sure those deals are in the pipeline. As opposed to some random get... llama. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, this week on Cancel Too Soon, we are reviewing a listener submission. Uh, this one came to us from a, from a fellow named Kevin, and I'm so glad... <laughs> because I've been wanting to review this for a really long time. Mm. Uh, Whitney, what is your experience with the works of Benji? Well, Benji was a weird, like, maybe not ubiquitous, but he was really brought up commonly when I was a kid in the 1980s. Um, I'm not exactly sure the timeline of Benji, because the first Benji film came out before I was born. It came out in the 70s. Yeah, like 1974. And for some reason, there was this big resurgence of Benji in the mid-80s. Well, Benji remained popular for about a decade. Uh, Benji... The first Benji was 1974. Mm -hmm. Then there was uh, another feature film called For the Love of Benji, which was also the 70s. Yep. Uh, um, Let me look it up. 1977. Then there was a Benji Christmas special, which was also from the 70s. He had a couple of TV specials. Then there was Oh Heavenly Dog, which is often called one of the worst films of all time. Having seen it, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then eventually he would star in Benji the Hunted, which was Um, his big action adventure. Which was sort of like a comeback for Benji, because that was the, like, 87. Mm -hmm. And then Benji, you know, he remained sort of a small cultural icon, but he went dormant for Mm. over a decade... I seem to remember though Benji was just like real like he was on TV a lot when I was a kid. People love Benji. If you if you're unfamiliar with Benji, Benji is a cute dog. Well, it's basically a mutt 
I don't think he's any particular one particular so, breed. Some sort of, yeah, wire hair terrier mix. But he's basically a lapdog, and in his first adventure, directed by Joe Camp... Um, who, who created Benji. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was a stray dog, lived in a community. Everyone in the community knew him. Uh, there was a couple of kids who loved him and wanted to adopt him. But their dad was, I want to say, allergic to dogs or some, somehow anti-dog. Mm. So they couldn't. Okay. And then those kids are kidnapped by criminals who want to hold them hostage and make their dad pay a ransom. And Benji's the only one who knows where they are. <laughs> and the half of the movie is Benji trying to tell people that these kids mm. are in danger and no one believes him. No yeah. one, everyone kicks him out because he's a stray dog. That first Benji movie, I'm going to say this right now. Uh-huh. A masterclass in suspense. <laughs> like, if you want to take apart a suspense movie and say, mm-hmm. here's how you make a suspense movie, here's how you ratchet up tension, here's how you take a simple problem and turn it into a huge problem, that's a film you can study. It's so okay. well constructed. Yeah. I really do love the first Benji. It's, it's been quite a long time since I've seen the first It holds Benji. up real well. Um, the second they, one is when he goes to Europe and gets a microchip implanted under his fur and a bunch oh, of spies I've, are trying re- to get him. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz. And yeah. also, that one kind of implies that Benji is the reincarnated soul of like a cop who died in the line of duty. And yeah, it's really confusing. Really odd. Look, it's terrible, but it ends in a car chase between a, a, a sports car and mm-hmm. Benji. <laughs> and that's a great action sequence. Benji is... Uh, how to put this? He's he's sort of like the white trash Lassie, like La- <laughs> Lassie, you know, was, was you know from, from the I- Irish plains and would you know adventure he was a through bread. the wilds. Pure, she yeah, was a purebred. She was a purebred yeah. collie. She Lassie, Lassie. That's I, what it means. I, I don't know why I always do that. Well, my I I saw the I, there's a Lassie movie that came out in the mid 2000s, like 2005, and I, I saw that with my mom, and she grew up watching Lassie on TV, mm-hmm. where it was just Lassie, you know, some kid in like the sub- suburbs of Los Angeles <laughs> and it never occurred to her that it's Lassie as in a Lassie as in yeah. a lad and a Lassie it's like no that, it's Lassie me it means woman That's the, it thought, doesn't have a name they just call her Lassie when I was growing up watching Lassie on Nick mm. at Night I was unfamiliar with the expression Lassie oh. to refer to a, 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 a woman so a I thought Lassie lass, was just yeah. like a name and it was yeah. that dog's name I thought it was, that's where I thought Lassie came from. Okay. So it was yeah, la- this weird reverse thing. I just totally. But yeah. Uh, Benji, meanwhile, he's a mixed breed dog, lives in, like outside of small towns in Texas, goes to like these not very glamorous locations and is constantly running down alleyways and is in urban settings trying to save children, doing the same thing Lassie does. Basically. Uh, uh, as intelligent as Lassie. Benji and Lassie got in a fight. Benji could take Lassie. I think that uh, little scrapper. I think he could. The mm. thing about Benji, even in the worst, look at Oh Heavenly Dog, terrible movie. That movie stars Chevy Chase as a private detective who dies and is reincarnated as as Benji, mm. and then continues to have his romantic like weird wooing affair with <laughs> the with is it Jane Seymour. It's Jane Seymour oh, in that like, movie. Uh, and there's scenes where like Benji jumps into like Jane a bathtub Seymour. with Jane Seymour and you hear Chevy Chase's voiceover about how sexy he thinks it is and you're watching this and I'm like, hey, uh, this is weird. Dogs can't give consent. But <laughs> but uh-huh. uh that dog is spectacularly well trained. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the best thing about Benji, is Benji is, he can do anything, and it looks like he can do anything, and he always looks like he's acting. Like, he's a very talented 
Dog. Now, the original dog is no longer with us. Um, Benji's been, surpri- been replaced a few years, over su- the years. Surprisingly few Benjis. Mm-hmm. I the, think there have been like a dozen Lassies. I think there have only been like four or five Benjis. There was the original Benji, and then we had a f- replacement Benji who did most of the movies and TV specials. Mm-hmm. And then there was a replacement Benji in the early 2000s with Benji Off the Leash, right. which is a very odd film. Uh, and then there was a recent reboot. It's on Netflix. From Blumhouse, of all places. Blumhouse and Netflix put out a new Benji film last year. And it was uh, directed by the son of Joe Camp, who did all the other movies. And let me tell you something. Mm. That movie's good. I, I, I Sadly, I didn't have time to watch it in preparation for this episode. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I've seen I, I all, remember it coming out. I've seen all the Benji movies. I haven't mm. seen all the specials. I've seen all the Benji movies. The new Benji on Netflix now... Rock solid. Just right. a rock solid heroic dog movie. <laughs> worth seeing, I promise you. It's mm. the it's the best or the second best Benji's between the mm. first one and the most recent one. In the middle, however <laughs> Right right when you and I were kind of paying attention to television. Well, I was one. So I, this right. one probably slipped by. Oh me. well, okay. But in the year nineteen eighty three they said, Hey, we've got Benji. He's not doing a lot else. Benji was in one other movie. This particular Benji. Okay. The, uh, the dog from this series. Yep. He played Chuck Norris's dog in An Eye for an Eye. Oh, golly. So if you want to see this like Chuck Norris thriller, I think it's about a serial killer. I'm trying to remember how that one worked. Uh, yeah. You can see this Benji <sighs> as Chuck Norris's dog. But they have Benji. They're going to w- work around Benji. Mm. You know, it's he's one of those great movie stars where you come up with a role specifically for Tom Cruise. You come up with a role mm. specifically for Benji. Yeah. And what they came up with was Benji, Zax, and the Alien Prince. smoking i don't, I don't know, know. It's, it's so weird it's a strange idea so the premise of the show the premise of the show uh is a, a young alien child's family has been killed and or imprisoned by a space tyrant on his home planet mm-hmm. and he has like superman escaped in a ship with his helper droid Gur. well zax okay his name is zax he doesn't sing the doom song, but uh, he he looks a, he looks like a low rent version of those robots from the black hole. Yeah, if you which recall, came out around the same time. So so Star Wars came out and they popularized the idea of sidekick robots. It wasn't new. Mm. Buck Rogers had been doing that forever. It's a thing, but. Uh, well, I mean, Star Wars took that from Buck Rogers. Yeah. But yeah, and so we had you know C-3PO and R2-D2, and then we started having a lot of cutesy robots that mm. were sort of. Uh, uh, 
There's a good joke on The Simpsons. It was like, who's going to win in a fight? The badass robots from Battlestar Galactica or the wimpy robots from Star Wars? <laughs> Zax is clearly based off of the wimpy robots from Star yeah, Wars. He the, is, he's very whiny. He's very fussy, complaining. Like, yeah, he's a fussy character. Like C-3PO. He's gold like C-3PO. Has has big, goofy cartoon eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Those eyes, those like just looks like a mm. big... Garfield cartoon mm. that's what they took from Black Hole I don't know why they even put that in the Black Hole to begin with it was just Man. it looks really fake it's, yeah it, and and the eyes were like in close-ups it's a puppet but in long shots it's like a floating hamburger with an E.T. head so yeah. and it's achieved through like the uh, like cheapest Betamax blue screen effects that you can possibly imagine. It's just sort of superimposed next to the characters. You know, I just realized Zach looks like he looks mm. like if you combined Crow with Tom Servo. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is that so what happens is this kid crash lands on Earth and he's hiding right, out. And right he's, next to Benji. Yeah. And Benji's so, just out in a field somewhere. There's no origin episode. This is all in the credits. Uh-huh. The kid crash lands on Earth. Benji happens to be there. It's her first contact, and it's with Benji. Thank God, because we've all seen other movies where that the first contact goes really bad. So I'm glad Benji was on our side. Benji, can you imagine if it was Garfield? Oh, welcome to our planet. Sucks except for the lasagna. They crash land next to Benji. Mm. Zax speaks dog. Yes. So Benji actually talks, but he talks the way R2-D2 talks, mm. in that he barks and then Zax responds what in such a way. What do you mean, XYZ? Yeah. And what's fascinating is Zax is C-3PO, and Benji really does play the part of R2-D2. He is small, he is cute, he is non-humanoid, and he is the smartest one in the group, and he gets everything done, even (laughs) though Zax is always complaining about it. And Mm. our blonde uh, uh, Luke Skywalker-esque hero who's on the run. But this time he's like an 11-year-old. If that. Like, Um, he's really young. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's a boy, and... Yeah, he's on the run from two Antarin, Antarian? Antarian. Antars was the name of his planet. Yeah, so Antarzan. Antarsian. Antarsian. Antar- We're going to go with Antarsian. Antarsian. The Antarsian, there's a pair of Antarsian bounty hunters after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're played by, let's see if well, I can find the actors. It changes. Oh, well, that's true. Halfway through the series, they change villains and they yeah. awkwardly change the opening credits to adjust. There, there's Dara, uh, played alternately by Angie Bowling or Anna Holbrook. And there's mm-hmm. Kyber, played by Joe Rayner or Dallas Miles. Now, d- the one interesting thing about that cast, everyone else, most of the people in this show didn't do a lot of work. No. Uh, however, you've probably, you would probably recognize the first Dara. Angie Bowling, mm. because she played Robocop's wife in Robocop 1 through 3. No kidding. Like yeah. in the flashbacks. Yeah, I was like, and a couple of a couple bits in the present, but like, uh. yeah, I was like, she looks familiar. That's why. Mm. Um, and they, they it, later in the series too, they also have an evil Zax named Zord, mm-hmm. who looks like an evil Zax. He's he's black and has big red eyes and is much colder and, and more eviler. They look a lot like the... Um, uh, b- b- like General Zod's crew from Superman 2. It looks like, okay, so imagine Dara looks like Ursa from Superman 2. Yeah. She even, like, especially uh, Angie Bowling, she even has that exact same, like, way of walking and that way of, like, standing mm. with, like, her fists at her yes. side. Similar hairdo, even. Yeah. Clearly, Although she has a tiara now. An cl- evil tiara. Clearly, that's what they're going for. Uh huh. The first c- 
Kyber looks like Jurgen Prock now with like a flock of seagulls hair. Well, and and his hair line changed, and I thought for a while they just stopped giving him a wig. I didn't notice that they changed actors on us. Oh yeah, because like he then the second half he looks like Leo from Twin Peaks. Nah. Like he's got like this receding hairline, but a ponytail. Yeah. It's a totally different vibe. Um, and okay, so that's that. Uh, Zax is voiced by Rick Spiegel, mm-hmm. uh, who does a lot of voiceovers. He also played Doctor Watson on the TV series Wishbone. Oh, no kidding. So he's got a good history of working oh, with cute dogs. Never, never saw Wishbone. It's Wish, after my time. I wonder if anyone knows Wishbone now. Wishbone was this really cute PBS series mm-hmm. that was basically classic literature, but the protagonist was replaced with a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. So it was a Jack Russell Terrier playing Sherlock Holmes, and then you would have mm-hmm. Rick Spiegel as Dr. Watson. Ha, 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 ha. And then lastly, we've got as Prince Yubi. Which is not a very heroic-sounding name. Not U.B. Blake. It's Y-U-B-I. Mm-hmm. We've got Chris Burton, who has only three credits to his name. And they're all this series. No, he was in this series. He was in a TV movie called When Dreams Come True. And he was on the Cancel Too Soon series, The Real Adventures of Sherlock Holmes and Proctor Watson. So we got some weird Sherlock Holmes crossover. Yeah. With Benji Zacks and the Alien Prince. Uh, okay, so the show uh, aired on CBS Saturday mornings from September 17th through December 17th, 1983. It aired after the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show okay. at 11 a.m. By which oh, point, that's, that's, you're, you're, kiss of death. Well, that that's when you're when you don't want to give up the cartoons yet. It's yeah. like uh, golf I, hasn't started yet, but the cartoons are also winding down. So like this one they start having, crappier yeah, they cartoons. start showing the, the the kids sitcoms. Oh, that that's this is like the death period. Yeah, and that also that's the, what, well that's when Saved by the Bell came on. I was didn't I, I turned out Saved by the Bell. Eleven a.m. Your parents usually insisted that you got out of the living room and yeah. join them on errands or whatever family activity you were going to do. Well, I would I would wake up and given the amount of supervision I had that morning, right. I, would, I would just stay in front of the TV for like three straight hours. But uh, yeah, by the time that started, it's like I was enjoying the cartoon experience. It's like, okay, I just watched four cartoons. I want one more. There's no cartoon, but there's a Benji show. <laughs> it's it's like it's like did you remember it's watching like you this? can't find a vein in your arm so you go in between your toes it's it's like <laughs> you, do you you're just desperately this? trying to get this do you have any like recovered memories of watching this show like when you were watching I, it you're like I, this I, looks the, vaguely familiar the robot was really familiar okay I, I'm not sure if it, I just remember a promo or if I actually watched like an episode of the show at some point when I was very, very young. Okay. It would have been a rerun because this show debuted when I was five. Uh, the show uh, was created by Joe Camp, who did mm. basically every Benji thing. Joe Camp, still alive, by the way. Yep. Still, uh, do, still doing Benji stuff. Uh, it was developed, however, mm. by people we've seen before. <laughs> Les Jansen and Chuck Menville from Condor... And Solar Man. <laughs> Yay! They also did a bunch of really good stuff, like Tiny mm. Tunes and the real Ghostbusters. Okay. So they have they had uh, a long story career. Well, and, Some of their stuff was And one of the executive producers on the show was Joseph Barbera of Hanna-Barbera. Yep. We got that, that wonderful swirling star logo at the end of each episode. And uh, indeed, the music was by Hoyt Curtin. Hoyt oh, who, Curtin. who did like Scooby-Doo theme and stuff. Yeah, he, he composed this, the themes to the mm. Flintstones, the Smurfs, Josie and the Pussycats, Johnny Quest, the Jetsons. He's very, you, very You know important. Hoyt Curtin's work, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so basically every episode of Benji's Axe and the Alien Prince is the Alien Prince is on the run from the Hunters. They frequently run into some random person. Because mm. the kid lives as a vagrant. He, he's not like hiding out with a family or in like an orphanage. He, he's literally, it's the fugitive with a, like a 10-year-old boy... But the ten- a robot and a dog. The ten-year-old boy has no survival skills, and he has no- like he doesn't have tech shelter. Like he doesn't push a button and a tent appears or something. No, he, he is living in alleyways and in like National abandoned parks. buildings and in parks. Like he lives in these really filthy locales, and it feels unwholesome. It, it yeah, it, it looks like gummo through in certain <laughs> scenes. Like it, it looks like a. A tornado tore through the town. Everything's really run down. There's an, an episode with an Old West theme where they run... There's actually a couple of those where they run into, like, a pair of criminals and they wander into this abandoned part of town. It's like, oh, look, it's an old ghost town, like in those old Western villages. Now, in your head, you're already picturing, like, the Old West set that the studio yeah. had. It, it's a desert and yeah, there's, and, and like, can, rickety buildings they, made you, of wood and a saloon. The set is just out there in Topanga Canyon, so they just go there and shoot one episode. It's real cheap. But they're in the outskirts of Texas. They don't have one of those sets. And so they just went to what is essentially an abandoned factory or strip mall or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like an abandoned strip mall, <laughs> complete with, like, foot-long cockroaches and the stench of beer urine. It, it, it's just, like, the most horrendous locations. There's one, one episode where they go to, uh, they have to stay in a ship. It's like we're going to yeah, go on a pirate adventure, and it is a like a half sunk small sailboat in a sump next to a freeway. It's like you can you're, you're swatting mosquitoes watching this thing. It's a whole, the, the settings are like the most horrendous thing. I, I felt bad for this kid. I thought he had tetanus in any given <laughs> any given scene. And this is like supposed to be a wholesome children's adventure. Yes, like I understand the idea of like. Uh, being sort of a, a, a drifter kid or even a homeless kid, kind of trying to make ends meet. And th- I guess there's sort of a, a survival adventure aspect to that. Well, that, that, that could be appealing to watch. I kind of realized this was the time, we've reviewed shows like this before, mm-hmm. this was the time of the Incredible Hulk, this was the time of, you know, people just wandering across America, getting in one adventure every single week. That was a hit show structure mm. in primetime. So the idea of a kid's show based like that, about a kid doing that, I can see that working. I can see that being kind of plucky Mm. and heroic and exciting for a kid to see. Here's a kid who lives on the edge, man. Lives on the fringe of society. He's living off the grid. We didn't even have a grid yet. (laughs) And he was living off of it. For a kid's show, there needs to be something that can comfort us in that he's being taken care of. Mm. Like, he has food. He doesn't need to, like, steal beef jerky to survive. I don't know. I was fine with that. I I grew up on shit like The Wizard, where it was that. Where it was, we need to, like, find a way to, like, gamble on Nintendo for money so we eat this week. But he had a home he could go back to in The Wizard. They they ran away from home. Yeah, there's, there's, like, these kids are gonna be okay. They're not just hobos. (laughs) This is a hobo child. A cartoon robot and Benji. And indeed, uh, class is going to be very important as we see in episode one, The Prince and the Bag Lady. Uh-huh. Now, in this episode, this is the pilot episode of Benji's Axe and the Alien Prince. The episode <laughs> where they're just like, we're going to get them. We're going to grab their attention. We're gonna be, they're going to be so excited. In this episode, 
The plot is hunters are after uh, the kid. They're not trying to murder him, by the way. They're trying to grab him. Yeah. They have a creepy van, so I appreciate that this show taught kids that vans are always bad. Yeah, the villain was in the van. Uh, But uh, bad guys are after the kid. And what what crazy adventure are they in? What what wild premise? Uh, They need a homeless lady. Uh Uh-huh. The homeless lady. And they're really cruel to her at first. He's a dick, that kid. So this kid, this isn't like Home Alone where like the the strange people he meets on the street are somehow intimidating in a way that you can see a small child being kind of scared. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, it's a creepy guy with a shovel who leers at you with scary eyes. Mm. I'm like, okay, all right, I I get it. Uh, You know, and he learns a viable lesson about not judging people. Just a lady with a cart. Yeah. She speaks articulately to them and helps them out. And the kid is just like, we don't need to listen to her. She's boring. Nah. And I'm like, dude, I know you're a prince, but you're, you're a dick right now. He's a total... And Benji um, is just like, they lose Zach. Well, and Zach's they, he, gets said, like, he says something to her and she says, well, I've been insulted by better than you. And like, you're just, she, like, she's been insulted a lot. So just getting this dick move from this young boy, it's like, well, fine. I guess that's today. <laughs> Like, like she just sort of like she's insulted, but she at least rolls with it and, and, and uh, points out what a dick he is. So the kid's running from the hunters, and it boils down to the old lady has found Zach. Zax has like retreated into a shell form, basically, and she thought he was a piece of garbage. So he's in the thing. Benji's trying to tell the kid that Zax is in the cart. The kid doesn't speak dog, so he doesn't know. So he just <laughs> judges the old lady for being honestly less of a vagrant than he he is. She at least has a community, so. And then all of a sudden they're running from the bad guys, and what what's the climb? What's the big action climax? What does the old lady do to save the day? She pushes her card slightly, mm-hmm. and then the bad guys trip. Yeah, yeah. It's not a very action heavy show. It's no, a, it's a thirty minute program. There's a lot of wandering around, and the stakes are very low. Remember when we talked about Barbie and the Rockers? Mm-hmm. And there how, were no stakes whatsoever. How, like they go back in time, and like they're trapped in space. Like things that sound really dramatic, but they just sort of get out of it, and they know they're going to be okay, and there's no drama whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is from that school of of kids programming. And I know you're saying you want to feel like the kid is safe, but you kind of want like the actor to feel like they're safe. Well, that's what it's, I mean. Like I, you, the kid needs to have some sort of threat, but like, yeah, no, this is I, like I need there to be. Well, I need there to be enough dr- peril, but also the the idea that he'll be safe at the end of the day. There's more sense of peril in like a 1980s public service announcement about why you should look both ways before you cross the street. Yeah. Like, that's the level of peril we're talking about yeah. with Benji Zax and the Alien. Like, but, a, a little girl runs out into the street, and, and everything goes black and white, the freeze frame, we get to see a panicked mom, and then somebody steps out in front of a green screen. What would you do if your child was hit? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, that's more intense mm. than well, Benji Zax. those PSAs, though, those were really dramatic. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe <laughs> it was a poor example. I was thinking right. about some of the weaker ones, but... Mm. Um, so yeah, so you're 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 home. You're watching cartoons. You just watched Charlie Brown. Mm. You're waiting for the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner cartoons to start, and then you see a depressed kid in a hovel wearing like all Nike. All his show, his clothes were supplied supplied by, by Nike. Nike. So he's yeah. wearing brand new Nike clothes, which doesn't fit. And he's hanging out with Benji and a really judgmental robot. And it looks, it looks so depressing. It looks like gummo. <laughs> it looks, it's depressing to watch that this show 
was made. And I'm sure they were thought they were being plucky mm. and going in with a sort of independent mindset. Benji was an independent movie. Mm. Benji was uh, uh, just on the edge, cheap, independent production, happened to be a hit. They always had that sort of indie mentality, except for Benji the Hunted, which was weirdly huge. And that's what this feels like. But this feels like the kind of grungy, early Sundance movie aesthetic. <laughs> but it's about an alien prince uh-huh. and a robot and a dog. And there were 13 episodes of this. So let's move on. And, you know, if this were made in the modern era, the, the director would be tapped to direct like the next Marvel film. Of course. Yeah. The next episode is called UFO. Mm. And in this episode, Yubi finds out that there is a UFO sighting in their area. So they try to find the person who saw the UFO, thinking maybe this person saw a real UFO, because we know they exist. Mm. And we can hitch a ride back home, or something along those lines. The person that he tracks down is this, you know, weird, creepy guy all the kids make fun of because he saw a UFO. And Mm. Yubi finally, like, goes to the guy's weird, gross motel room all alone <laughs> no robot no benji shag carpet yeah and s- the guy opens the door nails sticking up out of the shag carpet the guy opens the door and the, he's like oh what are you what are you 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 here to make fun of me too mm-hmm. no i believe in your story about ufos you do well come inside and mm. i'm just like ah, this is the PSA again. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. And I'm so glad the show at least Acknowledge that because it turns out the guy who saw a UFO was actually an alien hunter mm-hmm. who was trying to trick to Prince Yubi fl- into revealing himself. Flush Yubi out, yeah. Thank God, because if they had said, oh yeah, it's perfectly nice, you should do that. You should just walk up to random strangers' hotel rooms and like go in unsupervised. Mm-hmm. If that had been like the message of the show, it would have been really terrible. Instead, it's just... Quite terrible. Because <laughs> it's not very it's just good. really, really un- uncomfortable. Oh, golly. This show. Um, I had to watch this episode twice. Really? Cause, well, because I was. it was one of those things where it's like, it's playing and I got up and I got like a, a glass of milk and I, you know, peed and I just didn't bother mm. stopping the video because I didn't, didn't feel like a lot would happen. Like, not a lot's going to happen. I can kind of hear what's going on. And, and I got back and I reached the end of the episode and I realized I didn't know what the story was. Like, st- <laughs> stuff happened, but I didn't, like, who's that guy? What was the conflict? Like, I had to go back and, like, watch key scenes. And it, it's frustrating in how uneventful it is and yet how much attention it requires. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention to figure out how uneventful it is. <laughs> Ordinarily, if something's uneventful, you can just sort of like half ignore it. You can like look at Twitter on your phone or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, this one you have to like kind of see what they're trying to do. Like you really have to look to see what they're failing at. And every episode, like there's only like three or four episodes where I think there's actual drama. There's like yeah. the, the one with the, the kid gang, and there's one with a girlfriend. Yeah, that um, one's actually pretty intense. Let's move on. Let's because there's really not much more to say yeah. about UFO. Uh, Day of the Hunter. Oh yeah, this is the one with uh, uh, the the evil prince marries Shelley Win- or evil priest marries Shelley Winters and goes after the kids. No, no, this is the prequel. T- oh, it's the prequel okay. to Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. Oh, you're right. The in the day, prequel day to the Night Hunter. of the Hunter, there's a prince who crash lands on Earth, mm. and uh, the his spacecraft mm. is discovered by the hunters, and they decide to flush the prince out by showing everyone, hey, there's a UFO. 
And so all of a sudden the kid has to show up to collect his UFO. <laughs> um, do you remember anything about this episode other than I'm, that? I'm really struggling. Because all of, of the actual, like, you know, like most TV shows, like in between major plot points, they'll do things like establish character or reveal mm. backstories or tell funny jokes or put in some sort of subplot. Not so much Benji Zax and the Alien Prince. Mm. What have we got here? What we really have here is we have Prince Yubi, who was used to living in affluence and has now been knocked way back. And, and now he's a homeless child. Um, and every once in a while, there is an element of classism in the way that he interacts with people. Mm. But not much, actually. Then we have in Zach. Fact, in fact, he becomes pretty resourceful pretty early on. Yeah, he's eager Look, to get a job. Yeah, he wants and... to get a job. He wants to work. Every person he runs into is like, hey, I need, I need money. What can I do around here? Yeah. And it turns out he's pretty intelligent, and he's got a super robot. So he can, he can do a lot. Then we have Zax. Mm -hmm. um, Zax is very protective of Yubi. He is very classist, because he's there to protect the prince, mm -hmm. and he's very big on protocol. He's a protocol droid. <laughs> he's C-3PO. They're not even hiding it. Um, and he's very frustrated by Benji, who has a sass mouth. Not that we can ever really, <laughs> not that we ever can really hear him, but like you, know, you can just tell that whenever Benji says something, so, that Zax is offended. Oh golly, I, I found out a way to fix the show. Uh, you do the the Seth MacFarlane approach. It's the exact same show. You shoot it the same way, but Zax is a foul mouth. Like, so Zax is a foul mouth. Well, I mean, Benji Benji's just a dog. Benji will mm. bark. But so you Zach, just redub Zax re so that he's you're, profane. Re redub Zax with like as much profanity as you can fit in there. It'd probably and, be funny. And, and you get somebody with like a, a really like Lewis Black or somebody to do his voice. Okay, that would actually be kind yeah. of funny. I'm not gonna. <laughs> like, um, it's like woof woof. Shut up, you fucking dog. You know, just get get somebody full full of wrath and rage. I think that would really highlight the absurdity of this horrendous show. This sub small wonder level of show. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually for good kids. Idea. And oh, then you have no. and then you have Benji, who is perfect. Benji's he's Benji. Just, well, Benji's just Benji. I want him Benji's to be Benji. just an adorable dog. I'm going to say this right now. Not only is Benji the best actor in this entire series in every role. <laughs> not only is he the best actor mm. in the entire series, he's one of the best actors we've seen all year on this show. Mm. Benji is good. <laughs> Benji Benji can sell a scene, Benji can do stunts. Mm. Every episode, you can just tell you, this is a highlight reel for Benji the dog. This is like just trying to get another Benji movie greenlit. Mm. And with good cause. Benji's great. I would love to see a proper Benji show. We don't need all this alien crap. I appreciate wanting to make Benji like a character with agency uh -huh. and find some way to make him talk where he doesn't actually talk. I get that. Mm. I get that. I don't care. I just well, want the dog to do this, cool dog stuff. The, the dog doing cool... This came from a time... And I'm thinking of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe in particular. When kids' showrunners would sneeze every idea they could directly into their show. Like, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is ostensibly, like, a, a Dark Ages fantasy, right? He's a, yeah. a, a warrior with a magical sword and he lives in a castle. Okay. But... Conan the Barbarian. But also there's, like... And, and he's against, like, an evil sorcerer with a skull head. Okay, I'm, I'm with you on all that. It's all this big fantasy setting. Why are there, like, laser guns and tanks and robots? Because it's an alien planet. They're in space. It's, it's this weird clash of ideas. Yeah. They're just going to throw in everything because it's all toy-based. And that way of thinking just bled into everything before and, like, before and after. That was 
all this coming out in the early 1980s, all this Star Wars fantasy, magical science fiction stuff. It was all Star Wars knockoffs, really. Mostly. Um, this is a Star Wars knockoff. Yeah, yeah. It was one of, one of the distant echoes of Star Wars is Benji Zacks and the Alien Prince. So we have Benji. It's a good adventure show for kids about a young boy and, a, and his dog. It's a boys and dog. That's fine. But they had to spice it up a little bit and throw in something a little bit, like one extra idea, and that's mm-hmm. Zacks. Oh, and the boy's an alien. And yeah. there's alien bounty hunters. Like, you don't need all that garbage. That's the garbage part. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they're really committed to it. They try to build mm. mythology, for God's sake. And they're oh, going to do yeah. it in the next episode. Oh, where they run into the old prospector who is also an alien. Yeah, well, that's the twist. So you just mm. ruined it. Goldmine. There's no, come on, there's no suspense in these shows. In Goldmine, oh. Prince Yubi, while well, he's like rummaging through the... Griffith Park, wherever the hell he is. Well, well, I mean, they're they're outside of Dallas, but yeah. Yeah, whatever the Dallas equivalent of Griffith Park is. Mm-hmm. He runs into an old prospector. He's actually... He has a he has a gold mine, mm-hmm. but actually he gets most of his money off of cattle. He's only got a couple of those. He's got a cheap se- show. seven cattle. UB is disappointed, and I'm like, fuck off, kid. What the fuck? What do you want from me? Um, <laughs> now, Zax can hover, but we decide to put him on horseback anyway. That's a fun image. Uh, it, 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 it's kind of... It's a dreamlike image. Well, there's this also this weird one later on where the, uh, the robot in a bandana on the back of a horse. Well, there's also and this, it has no hands. It's just sort of yeah. bouncing oh, there's, around. There's a weird one where uh, Zach's also mows a lawn. That was a weird, weird image. Isn't that a weird yeah. image to throw at kids? Or you just sort of like is is this reality? What's the, <laughs> how is it a thing? I either saw this show or I dreamed it. Uh... And it turns out the gold mine, which a bunch of people want to break into and steal all the gold, uh, isn't a gold mine. It's where he's been hiding his spaceship. And it turns out that this old prospector named Montana is is not only from Yubi's own planet. Antars. He was a revolutionary who was treated like an enemy of the state for a hundred years. And for a hundred years, he, pre- he prevented the current dictator of Yubi's planet... Zanu, we'll get to that in a second. Zanu from taking over because Zanu just made everyone feel really good, and he was like, "Hey, let's make Antars great again," and like you know, like we, we just, and then everyone's like, "We just <laughs> believed him. He had just really great things to say." Oh God, can we produce a red T-shirt that says "Make Antars Great Again"? I don't want to be associated. with Oh, that. all right, fine. <laughs> I know what you. I know what you're getting at. Oh. If people don't no, it, read it closely, what true. are they going to think? It, yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it'd be too much of a fake out. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Also, Xanu. Xenu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, too. There's a Scientology angle to this, which is not very well hidden, or if it's a coincidence, it's one hell of a coincidence. So, I'm, I'm still a little bit unclear as to, like, the entire uh, Scientology mythos. Mm. But, yeah, like, uh, we are... We contain pieces of alien spirits that came from an evil... Like, a planet not, that was destroyed a long you time know, ago? You know, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say mm. about that. Um, it is some people's religion, so I'm not going to go too yeah. far down a rabbit hole of trying to explain oh, something I don't yeah. actually understand in right. great detail. But uh, what I know of it, there are parallels in Benji's Axe and the Alien Prince that probably aren't 100% a coincidence. Okay. That's, I would be surprised if it was 100% coincidence. If it is, what a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Uh, I, I was trying to find if Joe Camp was a Scientologist, but I could find no information. I don't, I don't maybe just someone in production was, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
or maybe it was a parody. I don't know. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. All I can tell you is we never go to Antars. The only bit of Antars we see, and it was in that we we played you the um, the opening credits mm. at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we cut to Antars for one shot of that credits, and it is a shadowy throne room mm. in which a dictator with a bubble head. We never see his face. He looks like Mysterio from the Spider-Man comics. He does. And he walks up to his throne room and he says, bring me Prince Yubi. And then Dara and Kyber walk into frame and then just stand there with their fists at their side, staring at the camera. Look at the camera with their back to the the, the dictator. And I'm watching this scene and I'm like, what is the reality of this scene? Because I know how it's staged. It's staged to introduce these villains to the audience like they're Team Rocket. But <laughs> Team Rocket. But I think what they're actually doing is bring me Prince Yubi, and then they walk into frame. They turn away from the throne, and then they just put their hands at their sides and they're staring at the camera. And I think they're waiting for an elevator. That must be it. <laughs> they're just waiting for the elevator out of the throne room. Well, I, I I kind of love those weird little fourth wall breaking moments in advertising or in opening themes where the characters talk about being in the movie, like the char- they're in character. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do you remember that film Murder at 1600? Oh, yeah, with I Leslie do. Snipes and Diane Lane. And God, was Diane Lane in that? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. She, she, she was his the his contact on the inside. She was oh, like the Secret wow. Service agent. I haven't seen that since like 97. <laughs> well, around then when it came out. But yeah, I remember the preview, like the teaser, where a, a helicopter lands on the lawn of the White House and Wesley Snipes steps out and he's like this handsome badass and he holds up a... His, his walkie-talkie is like, I got a murder at 1600. And he just doesn't look at the camera, but then he says, the address that breaks all the rules. Like, he actually <laughs> says that. I forgot about that. It's like, this is great. This is great. You're just breaking all the rules right here. Are you in character now? I can't tell. This is also the episode of Goldmine in which we mm. finally clarify something that's kind of important. Uh, which is that... What, what happened to his parents? Well, his parents are in jail, apparently. We, don't, we know his mom is alive somewhere. We don't his, know about his dad. His mom is, is definitely alive. We, he gets a message from her in, a, in, a, in another episode, mm. but don't know about the dad. Either way, they're not in charge anymore. Mm. But we learn that Anayantars has a different atmosphere than Earth. And the yes. only way... The only way that they can survive is with a flashy bracelet, which basically lets them breathe Earth air. Right. So all, all of the Antarsians have one of those bracelets. And this is the episode... Which is signi- in- going to be significant when we run into more Antarsians. Well, it's, in, it's significant in this episode because they're trying to like get into the mine, trying to capture not only Yubi, but Montana. Mm. You know, the, the long-lost Montana rebel Max, leader. Yeah. Um, and they manage to get out because Benji steals one of their bracelets. Mm. And then they have to share a bracelet in order to not die, which is weirdly intense, actually. And they start <laughs> feeling kind of bad for him. Uh, they get it back. I don't know how, but anyway. Uh, the next episode is Goodbye, Earth. And this well, is the episode I'm, where he gets that episode. message from no, his mom. I'm I wish. Now, uh, he ends up getting a, a birthday message from his mom. And his mom says, hey, listen, really sucks. I know this. I hope you're safe. Just get, you're now, you're, you're it, way safer than we are. And his mom essentially says, get a job. Yeah. Like, just be responsible. <laughs> be good to your friends. You are not old enough to help. When you're old enough to help, we will come back yeah. for you. <laughs> so just chill. And so immediately, Yubi says, oh, man. I'm going to go get a job at NASA and build a spaceship and go back home. Mm. So he does. And he ditches Benji. 
because that, Benji can't go back to Antar's with him. He couldn't breathe the, accent, the atmosphere. Well, and also Benji is not going to be any help. And it's kind of odd how infrequent, how frequently Benji is just sort of abandoned. It, it is, there's like three or four episodes where it's it's Zach's and the alien prince, and Benji's just sort of waiting for them well, to, to because, screw up. Because if Benji was there, they wouldn't get into trouble. It's the sort of mm-hmm. artificial. It's like the Scooby Doo. Let's split up, gang. Because if we yeah. didn't, there'd be no episode. Is Benji God? Just waiting for his creation to mess up and come back. I assume. Like, I assume he's a guardian angel. Yeah, he's, he's, I think it's. I think it's how it functions. Um, oh, mm. but here's the thing, though. Wait, is this before or after Oh Heavenly Dog? Uh, oh Heavenly Dog was eighty, so this was after. Okay. In the canon of Benji, mm-hmm. Benji is still Chevy Chase. Oh, he doesn't go back to being Chevy Chase. No, he doesn't. Dog? He's still I don't a remember dog. that. Okay. And and Jane Seymour at the end of that movie, she becomes a cat, and they may try to make it work anyway. I guess he broke up with the cat because we never see the cat. Never see the cat, but yeah, Benji is still canonically Chevy Chase. All right, and Chevy Chase was or, sent or, here or from whoever, heaven, or whoever his his detective character was. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's the detective Chevy Chase, so mm. he's still Chevy Chase. So he is. He does still have that sort of. He has a certain sense so, of moral some responsibility, humanity in him. All right. Um, so uh, in this one, Yubi gets a job at NASA, and he pulls the whole whiz kid thing. Just walks up and says, "Hey, yeah, I know. Uh, I see all of your uh, uh, stuff about the space shuttle. Well, we could fix that by doing all of these <laughs> things. And then, so by the, the way, I have this robot. And the NASA guys are just like." Well, shit. It's like that scene in uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. And uh, Yubi gets a job at it. It's actually a pretty sweet deal for him. <laughs> the only reason he leaves is because he's about to get in a ship. He's about to go home. Mm. And then Benji shows up. And Benji is being chased after by the hunters who snuck into NASA. By the way, they shot at NASA. <laughs> they shot oh, at oh, yeah, it's, it's in, it's in yeah, yeah. Houston. So, yeah, good for right. them. Like That's that's the one bit of like real money or, or real like production value they have. So, good for them for that. I'm going to give them credit. So there's this big Benji is being chased by the hunters and by NASA, and in order to rescue Benji, Yubi has to not go back to his home planet. He has to learn responsibility. So that's actually a good mm. story arc. Benji does like the coolest stunt in this episode. He's running from the mm. bad guys or NASA, whoever. He's running from the bad guys. And he runs up an incredibly, like, increasingly sheer wall. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like actually dangerous. Like he, oh yeah, yeah, he like yeah, yeah. wall runs, uh-huh. like like parkour style, but up like a twenty foot wall. It's actually a bit impressive stunt for a person, <laughs> let alone a dog. Well, like, it's pretty good. To be fair, that dog probably only weighs what twenty five pounds. It was, but like it feels like gravity is not on his side. Regardless, okay. it's it's an impressive looking stunt. Okay. It's a good looking chase. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this show all the credit I can, and it's mostly <laughs> for this one episode because this episode's fine. This episode is probably about um, as good as this show got. Uh, it, it's the only one that kind of dealt with a his intelligence and b his vagrancy <laughs> in any sort of m- meaningful way. But what's weird is that at the end he leaves NASA. Uh-huh. I don't know why he'd be safer there. They're not like trying to like dissect him or, or mm. anything like that. They're taking good care well, of him. If he's there, the the bounty hunters know where he is. The bounty hunters are always like one step behind him anyway. At least this way, he's like protected by the government. Uh, well, also, I suppose so. also when he leaves after basically fixing the space program, they don't mm. give him any money. Like it's I would true. They I don't give him any like, kind of reward or a van. Is there or anything yeah. we can do to help? I'm like, yeah. Can I get a few thousand bucks? I'm just like, I'm I'm living about- off of canned beans I find in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, even, you know, if it's a kid's show, they're not going to give him money. They should give him, like, a, a backpack of food or some tech thing that, mm-hmm. that would help him on his way. Yeah. yeah. Something. Anything, Something, really, yeah. would be nice. Uh, the next episode is called Ghost Town. You've already set this one up pretty well. Yeah. They're, <laughs> the they're, they're in an abandoned strip mall, and some bad guys are hiding out there. And they're, they're like, cartoon idiot bad guys. They stole a truck, mm. and they're hiding out. And they find this kid, and they assume because of his bracelet and his clothes that he must be rich. So they try to like take him for ransom. Mm. And then the hunters yeah, show up. Trying to, you're in those nice Nike clothes. The hunters show <laughs> up, and they're like going to collect on that ransom. Mm. They're like they're going to be like, oh, we'll pay the ransom. We'll just give us give us the kid. And uh, this is like the second episode in three episodes where like. Zax gets tricks people into thinking he's a ghost in an old westy kind of way. Yeah, which is a little pretty fan. Yeah, there's not much. There's not much to it, really. Uh, oh, at the end, at the end, the uh, the kidnappers, mm. uh, they help Yubi fight off the hunters a little bit, and then Yubi's just like, "It's fine." No comeuppance, <laughs> no nothing. They didn't successfully like. Well, we didn't really do any harm. You kidnapped a kid. Well, we didn't collect any money. That doesn't make it fine. So you know, a problem. It's Stockholm syndrome. You're, it's all right. You're two guys who, at the slightest provocation, mm. kidnap a child just because they they think it'd be a fun idea. Because they think they can get away with it, and they're and nothing, no no consequence, nothing happens, nothing. The next episode is probably the other halfway decent one. It's called The Locals. I like this. I like this one, and I liked uh, the one after that, too. Yeah, those are... Those are, those are... I think these two are the best ones. Cause, okay, I'll put the NASA uh, one on that list, but fair enough. All right, yeah. There's uh, This is the first time we get any kind of characters other than like one colorful guest star. And those were always adults before. So here we got right. kids. Here we have some kids. Uh, there's a group of kids, and these are the type of... Like gang toughs you'd only see on TV. Like they don't do anything really bad. They just grab things. It's, and like, they the, it's like the bullies from Monster Squad. They'll like yeah. take your toys or they'll drop your candy bar on the ground and make you eat it. Mm. Bully stuff. I do not approve, but they're not evil. Right. They're just bad kids. Yeah, they, they don't like actually want to hurt anybody. They just want to be kind of mean. Yeah. So, uh. And. Uh, and Yubi, I almost called him Benji, has to decide uh, whether or not to, you know, how to appease these kids who are picking on him. Because he's lonely. Mm. All he's got is a robot and a dog, and he can't. And the dog is the smart one, and he can't speak to the dog. Mm. So he tries to hang out with the kids, he tries to play video games with the kids, and the leader of the bullies steals his bracelet oh, what, thinking what it, it's expensive. What is it they're playing? It's, um, um, it's Galaga. Galaga, that's right. Yeah. Um, or maybe Centipede, but one of those. Mm. And... Yeah, they're playing video games. Turns out UB is like Daryl. He's really good at it. <laughs> and they're very impressed. And meanwhile, the bully steals the he's bracelet. De- and the course- like, he, like he's Daryl. Because our listeners totally know who Daryl is. Daryl is a good movie. Daryl is a darn good movie. Daryl is a really cool movie that no one talks about anymore from the 80s. And it is about a kid. That's, that is D-A-R-Y-L. It's, it's an acronym. It's a, yeah, an acronym. I forget what it stands for. But Daryl da- is a-, a... Data Analyzing Robotic Youth Life Form. Okay, it's a spoiler. <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, a kid is... I remember that, damn it. A kid is like kidnapped uh. and you don't know what's wrong with the kid and the guy trying to save the kid dies it's like the beginning mm. of Akira a little bit mm. and then the kid gets adopted and taken in by a family and the kid is a wunderkind he just has amnesia he doesn't know who he is but mm. he's good at everything and he does all these things that raise a lot of eyebrows like dad like is having some trouble with the ATM at the bank and Daryl presses like a whole bunch of buttons on it all of a sudden he has a million dollars in his account all the cash yes. um 
And it turns out Daryl is a human kid, but his brain is a computer. Mm. There's no he has no brain. The brain is a, is a, is a, can be rebooted. Ah, so. It's a cool movie. It's, actually, it's a really cool movie. It's really it's, well uh, made. It's the, really the, well, the well characters acted. are really good. Yeah, it's it's it. Daryl is one of those like eighties cl- like, quote classics. Like, it's a classic. Kid, kid classics that people don't talk about much anymore. It it's holds up like, better than most of them. Like Flight of the Navigator is another one of those. Flight of the Navigator holds up okay, mm-hmm. uh, but like yeah, like Daryl and the Last Starfighter and Monster Squad and Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger holds up pretty good too, actually. Um... So uh, so we got uh, we got a Daryl situation here. Mm. Anyway, Bully steals the bracelet. UB goes into like withdrawals. <laughs> he starts like dying. And there's another kid who is like ostensibly part of the gang, but he was like a conscientious objector. <laughs> and he has to team up with Benji and Zax in order to get the mm. bracelet back to save the kid. And the other kid, and I think he's played by Brandon Camp. I know he's in the episode. Any relation to Joe Camp? Yeah, the son who ended up uh, directing oh, okay. the, that, the that reboot. Camp, okay. I think he's played by Brandon Kemp. Mm. That other kid, way better actor than Yubi. He's really good. <laughs> he's yeah, really, you, like, th- got some, like, thought behind his performance. Yeah, y- Yubi has protagonist syndrome. He's just, just kind of boring. Yeah, uh, I don't know why writers feel like they got to do this, but the protagonist always has to be a cipher, and they always have to be a little bit vague and open in their in their goals and in their ambitions. They can't ever be, like, weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's your ambition? To eat more pancakes than anyone! You know, they have to have some weird interest. They can't have weird interests. I know, it's always they have a shame. just vague interests. I want to survive. Anyway, the Everybody kid- can relate to that. Anyway, the kid stands up to the bully. They got the bracelet bag. Mm. Yubi's fine. But there's a little bit of suspense. There's a decent supporting cast. Well, and, and I like that the, the bullies turn out to be kind of okay at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're redeemed, and I appreciate it. Yeah, that. they all abandon him when they realize, well, we didn't want that kid to die. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> they, yeah. It's a pretty good episode. Uh, the next episode is called Puppy Love, which uh, starts off with Benji hanging out with like a lady dog, mm-hmm. and you think that's what it's going to be, but it's not. Actually, Yubi gets a crush on somebody. Yeah, on, on a, a human girl, so he thinks. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, and it's it's that kind of... They're kids, you know, they're 10 years old, but you, you had crushes when you were 10, right? Yeah, right. yeah. sure. Tell my school ten, crushes. 10, 11. I, I didn't know what that meant, but yeah, I, was, I hmm. thought like, oh, you're neat. I don't know why. I like you. <laughs> and uh, uh, his, but the yeah, crush he, takes the form of we go roller skating together. They roll, well, they just hang out. Yeah. They become friends. And it, it was such a... I didn't realize how empty a life he was living until he started like relating to a child his age. Mm-hmm. And the locals and, and, and then the, this the one. The locals and this one. It's like, oh yeah, this kid has... No friends, mm-hmm. like not even adult friends or even compatriots. He's got he's got a, he's got a piece of stereo equipment and a, a freaking dog. And the piece of stereo equipment is like an incompetent nanny. Like it's yeah, not yeah. really it's not a great relationship. They're yeah, not really not, sharing not this, anything. This carrying thing. And, so and like here he has the, like scenes of him like just talking to another talking to another person. person and, and yeah, it's like this weight is off of his chest, and he starts thinking, "I don't want to go back to Antars. I actually can have friends here. I want to stay here." And yeah. there's like, "Well, what about the hunters? I haven't seen him in a while. So we'll be okay. Yeah, uh, just I just want to hang out with this girl." But the twist is, the girl is actually a hunter from Antars. Uh, the girl is also, I might say, uh-huh. pretty 
pretty good actor. And I she's think a pretty she, good actor. Yeah. I think she sells it really well. She sells the you know the getting to know you stuff, the mm-hmm. interpersonal connection with Yubi pretty well. And then when she has to sound like more mature than she really is, mm-hmm. or as I assume as a as a young person. Um, she sells it pretty good too. I'm not saying she'd win an Oscar for it or nothing like no, that, but it's a co- solid kid performance to, compared to the other levels of performances in this show, especially from Yubi. Mm-hmm. So like, and there's some real melodrama there. There's some tragedy. There's a revelation that sucks, and mm-hmm. and she actually like really. I mean, it's the old bullshit thing of like our relationship's based on a lie, but I knew the truth and I really fell in love, so you mm-hmm. should too. Mm-hmm. And um, here it's like. I buy it because they don't end up together. She uh-huh. has to go. So I'm like, okay, fine. But it always bothers me at the end of a movie where, like, listen, I was pretending to be someone else the whole time, but I really did have a thing for you. Now, I know all of your feelings for me were based on lies and also based on the idea that I was someone who wouldn't lie to you. And now mm. you know for a fact that not only am I a great liar, but I could lie to you for months, if not years, <laughs> and you'd never know, but we should give this another shot. And then they get married. I never buy that last bit. Oh, I've, I've always been bugged by the opposite, actually, where it's like, okay, I've been pretending to be somebody else this whole time, or I've been lying, or I started dating you on a bet, whatever the, the situation is mm-hmm. that got this, the plot going. But through all that, we did have a genuine connection, and I think we both understood that, so why don't we just, like, continue doing this, and we can clear things up, because clearly we're, we're relating on some level. Well, I think there's, I think there's and layers they, And they that. can be kind of like a reboot. It's like, okay, I understand that, you know, our, our relationship was there were a lot of falsehoods right in there and you know now that this is all cleared up we did have chemistry and i want to continue to con- i think that there's i think continue that not, to explore that i think not all of those situations are created equal i mm. think there's a difference between i was an undercover cop uh-huh. and i couldn't tell you you're right uh, or like i was uh, working for the cia and i'm legally not allowed to tell anyone who isn't my spouse mm-hmm. which was a plot point in jack ryan shadow recruit Right. Like I can, I can understand that. That doesn't necessarily make you a bad person in that one. Uh, a lot of the other ones do. Mm. <laughs> and in this case, I was supposed to capture you for the evil emperor. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't. So kudos. But at the same time, it's like I have questions. Uh, the next episode is the one where Prince Yubi finally gets to ham it up a bit. It's called Double Trouble. Oh well, yeah. They run a... into a kid who looks exactly like Prince Yubi, and that um, kid is an asshole. And that that kid that kid is a Texan kid. <laughs> He's stealing comic books, and he's mm. just a real jerk. And the hunters, who are now led by the evil robot, yeah, that, that's well. The evil robot made its first appearance maybe two or three episodes ago. Yeah, about seven episodes with the original yeah. bad guys, and then they replaced the human actors, and they added the robot, and they added the robot, and the robot is now like the ranking officer, yeah. and, and, and its name is Zord, which is a term from Power Rangers. Yeah, but Zord was a good word in Power Rangers. Zord was what they called their big robots. Yeah, it wasn't like the bad guy. Mm. Uh, the bad guy Zed. Zed. Zed was the name of the main bad right. guy after. Rita Repulsa. But I'm wondering, surely they copy wrote the name Zord. Yeah. Do, do you think the makers of Power Rangers had to license I don't think the so. name from Benji Zax and the Alien Prince? I highly doubt it. Is that it was how it got thing. its DVD release? No, because I think there's I think you can't just like throw any word into anything and then all of a sudden claim it. I think there needs to be like some actual because right. they tried to um I don't know the details of this, but if memory serves, they tried to pursue a lawsuit against Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, because the makers of the original movie Troll. Okay. The protagonist of that movie was a little kid in glasses whose name Named was Harry, Harry Potter, Potter who right. learns about the existence of magic. Mm. There's some connective tissue there, but even oh. that was too thin. 
So they didn't have a case. They didn't really have a case because it's just like, look, at some point, Harry Potter isn't the weirdest name in the world. Mm -hmm. You're coming up with weird alien names. Zord isn't crazy. And it means something totally different. Okay. So I mm. I don't I think they probably could have raised think, it, but I don't think they would have won that lawsuit. I, th- I think Joe Camp had a case. I think he probably could have. Well, we should to- let him totally know. successfully have sued the makers. We should of this. let him know if he does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the kid gets kidnapped by the hunters. What I like is that the kid actually wants to be kidnapped because yeah, he, it's cool. Yeah, he says, "Oh, they're going to take me back to an alien planet." I'm there. That's great. I want to do that. <laughs> I like the plight of the sheriff who, like, arrests UB for shoplifting, not realizing it's the wrong kid. <laughs> and he's just like, listen, it's not that big a deal. Like, just tell me who your parents are. Yeah. <laughs> tell me where you live. We can sell that. Because if you don't tell me, then you're in trouble. Aww. Shoplifting? A lot of kids shoplift. We, it's a slap on the wrist. We make sure you don't do it again. <laughs> and then UB just like, he can't can't lie it's like liar liar can't lie he can't do it and there's this really fun bit where he lays out the entire plot of the show and then the reverse shot is he was saying that when the sheriff was out of the room (laughs) and he's just like yeah he'd never believe all this (laughs) which is actually pretty funny Mm. the next episode is called Don't Fence Me In um and in this one Zax is malfunctioning and Prince Yubi becomes a pool shark running out of ideas already (laughs) Look, and this is really highlighting more and more how corrupted Yubi has become at this point in the show. Because <laughs> re- recall, he was just caught shoplifting. He was lying to NASA. He now he's just hustling people for money. Well, he doesn't know he's hustling people. How, for how, money. He gets tricked into how it by long other before he's are. dealing drugs, like alien drugs, oh, oh, like an not I come far. in peace. Not 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 yeah. long at all. It, it, the second it turns, it comes like, up. Well, it's just candy for me, but for humans, it's like this hugely addictive substance that also turns them into lizards or something. And See, I would like that. Remember in Alien Nation, where like the aliens would get drunk off of rotten milk? Yeah, yeah. Like I want that for Yubi. I want to find out there's like something it's, it's just for Yubi that uh, is. Like an a, everyday a, item for him that's like horrendous for or, or vice versa or it turns out oh, waffles are poisonous for <laughs> and they don't know why you didn't have those waffles again yeah. you know what makes you turn into a wolf man yeah like, what did you do do you have some of that earth soda you know that makes your skin turn blue <laughs> something yeah there was not enough alien myth for me. Yeah. Like, well, there was Antarsians and Everyone's alien bounty hunters, up, but... and they, yeah, there's another robot, and there's some fun robot stuff. But yeah, not, not enough to highlight the fact that he's another species. And in fact, they call him an Earthling early in the show. It's like, you're just yeah. an Earthling boy on this planet. No, you're... No! The premise <laughs> of the show is that he's not an Earthling. He's called the Alien Prince in the title. You're messing up! Alright, so the next episode, and this one's the craziest episode. This episode hmm. is absurd. So in this episode, it's called The Flying Lesson. Oh, yeah, they have to, to restore a plane. <laughs> so, Yubi and Zax and Benji are living on the ranch of a kindly uh, uh, ranch owner. Mm. And uh, they befriend a horse. And Zax speaks horse, so they have a real connection to the horse. Um, and meanwhile, the guy who runs the ranch was also a World War II fighter pilot. And he has... Like a World War II bomber. Like a big one. Like a big like, plane. Like, the, like those ones in the graveyard in the best years of our lives. Yeah, these giant planes. Yeah, yeah it's not like a, a like a crop duster. It's a big honking plane. And Yubi, in order to repay him for his hospitality, is like, listen, we're cool science alien characters. We can repair <laughs> that plane. alien characters. We can repair that plane. And so they do. And it's a good thing they did because the horse breaks its leg. 
mm-hmm. and the nearest like big large animal hospital that could actually do something about that is hundreds of miles away. So I have to and, fly the horse, and the vet is just immediately just like, "Well, gotta shoot the horse," and they're like, "No, no, 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 no." And like we we restored the plane, so they tie the horse up in like a sling, mm-hmm. so that it won't be putting any weight on itself. And they have to fly the plane. And the best part, it's like a storm or something. They have to run back and help the horse. <laughs> and then the door to the cockpit closes, and the only person in there is Benji. And Benji takes controls of the plane. And there's a shot of him sitting in the cockpit with his little doggy paws. On the helm, <laughs> or, the, or the the flight steering wheel, I don't know what it's called the, on a plane. The, the, the stick. The stick. Yeah. He's got his hands on, on the stick, and is looking out of the front window, just looking like a little dog, tongue, <laughs> tongue hanging out. So yeah, It's your, a real your, treat. Your, your theory that this is the Chevy Chase character holds, because he he's, has human intelligence, clearly. Uh, Alright, the next one. Benji call home. Benji runs off mm-hmm. on his own to do some sort of Benji this is, business. This is the yard work episode. Yeah, this one's a weird one. So it, uh, it's uh, Benji uh, prevents a guy who's a, he's a rich guy who spends most of his time impersonating Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, prevents a rich guy from like doing things in a trap. Benji like hurts his paw. The guy cares enough about the dog to take the dog immediately to the vet, put up his own money. Mm-hmm. But he's also a miser, and he's, he's like, I'm going to find your owners, and they're going to pay me for all the stuff I didn't have to do. You just know the director to give this, because the, the the actor they get to play this miser character is really hamming it up. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, no, going he's playing like, Teddy Roosevelt. He's playing like he's got the big mustache yeah. and the glasses, and he's like... Rah, 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 rah. Uh, but He's also like 35, so well, like the whole age yeah, thing doesn't really work. Rather than say, okay, you're in this kind of rinky-dink children's show. You know you're in a rinky-dink children's show. He's probably local theater actor. I imagine they mostly were. And it's like, okay, this is an important role for you because have you read Moliere? You're playing Le Misanthrope. That is your motivation. Oh. So he probably... I sensed a lot of study from this guy. I don't know why. Like he's really getting into this role. Like well, He's coming in with like little nuances and things. Did you... Uh, you As he makes deals, it's like, okay, I'll let you have your dog back if you do... If you're my yard slave for a week. I, I know... Uh, you have, but I wonder if our audience has seen a film mm. called The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really mm. funny independent movie, and it's making fun of basically all the old 1950s yeah. sci-fi films you'd see on Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know what this could mean for science. It could mean great advances in the field of science. Yeah, it's a really kind of spot-on... L- Larry, Larry Blamir is such a wonderful man. <laughs> he, he's made a lot of very silly, very fun movies in this vein. Lost Skeleton is clearly his masterpiece, and it's just really spot on with all of its silly dialogue. But one of the things that makes it work is the actors aren't playing the bad characters. Mm. They're playing the bad actors playing the characters. Yeah. So there's always a layer there, and it really, really works. And you can really tell that the guy who plays the alien crowbar... Uh-huh. That he thinks this is his big break. <laughs> he thinks this is going to be the thing that sends him over the top and gets him like into a Lawrence Olivier movie. So his performance is on a totally different level than anyone else in that movie, and it a- fits. Aliens? Us? Is this one of your Earth jokes? Oh, golly, that's such a funny movie. It's a really funny movie. And it's funny because of that. I, when you watch Benji's Ex-Alien Prince, you can almost see that with a guy who's giving well, this performance. The, uh, the, there, One of the actors in an interview 
interview after Lost Skeletons of Cadaver, I said his his direction from Larry Blamir was, you are cast in this movie because you own a ranger's costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. The, like, like, you're you're the park ranger, you own the costume, that's why you were cast in the movie, that's your performance, go. <laughs> like, yes, it's up around the hill, you can't miss it. Like, he, he really, they're, oh gosh, I, I could go on and on about that. that the, the sequel isn't nearly as good. Mm-hmm. There, he did an old dark house one. That was like a Dark and Stormy Night. Yeah, Dark that and was, Stormy Night. That yeah. was pretty funny too. But Tra- Trail of the Screaming Forehead also has some really golden lines of dialogue. There's some good stuff. But we got to get back to Benji because there's only two episodes left. Oh God! So in this one, the miserly old man gets Benji, and he's putting up dog found posters, mm. and the hunters, <laughs> the hunters <laughs> show up to like. It's no, not, wait, no, no, it's not, not the, the it's not, not the hunters. hunters. Right? It's, it's it's two con artists. Yeah, two con artists show up, and they they're just gonna get the dog. And well, force the guy to give him... What's their plan? He's offering a... He's not offering a reward. He wants money. He wa- he, yeah. No, he's rich, and they know he has money on, in the house. So, okay, so they're going to go... Yes. They're going to use the dog as an excuse to case the joint and get the dog out of there and th- turn in the dog for reward money, ostensibly, mm-hmm. and also rob his house. Meanwhile, Yubi shows up and says, hey, I'm here for my dog. And he's like, it's not your dog, it's their dog. I already gave him the dog. They're going to come back tomorrow with the money. So he's a stupid miser. Yeah. Because that's how that works. <laughs> yes, Luca. Yes, he is he's a stupid a miser. stupid miser. Um, and uh, they end up teaming up with the old guy. The old guy learns a valuable lesson mm-hmm. about the power of friendship. Uh, the no, bad and, guy and, gets well, pants. And, and Zax gets to tear into that guy. Oh yeah, like, he really like gives, Z- him, gives like, him his mind. Like Z- Zax has been hiding out. He's been helping out with the lawnmower. This is that weird scene image of the lawnmower going by itself, and Zax is pushing it. I don't know how they achieve that. There's effect. actually like a couple of Zax effects that are very respectable. A few. There's a few like, like here I, and you, there. you make fun of the video toaster stuff. Every once in a while, the compositing is actually quite solid, and he looks like he's floating. Okay. There's a few that look quite good. I'm going to give him a credit where credit is due. <laughs> okay. And the whole thing with Zach's like doing the lawnmower. I'm sure it's like a radio controlled lawnmower, yeah, and they just but, attach. But it looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Yeah. I don't, I'll let him have it. But yeah, th- when uh, when he's finally cornered, Zach's just sort of reveals himself and says, "You are just a, a you're a complete asshole." Screw you! Uh-huh. You're a- harsh language for a kid show. Yeah, starts starts just tearing into this guy with Median f words left and right. No, he just, he just he tears into the guy and says, "You like you you are an old miser and you have no friends and you're going to die alone because you're a complete asshole." I'm a robot. Listen to me. And the guy's like, "Well, if the robot says so, I've learned my lesson." Honestly, if a robot popped up right now and told me I was living my life wrong, I'd be like, "Well, you'd know." <laughs> I'm not well, look I, I trust you robot from space <laughs> that looks like a toy they get Benji back anyway the last episode is called decoy droid and this one has a decoy droid mm-hmm. they uh, Z- the Zax, back- Zax gets stuck in a pipe uh, when Benji goes to get help they swap out droids and mm-hmm. they replace Zax with an evil twin basically was he replaced or was he reprogrammed Oh no, you're right. Is they, they they put a thing in him that made him made him an asshole. Yeah. So uh, Zax <laughs> is trying to get Yubi to go to this mysterious shack in the middle of the woods, and Benji mm. Benji knows something's up. Tries. Unfortunately, Yubi can't speak dog. This this yeah well. So uh, uh, it's and, basically and, Benji versus Zax. But this Zax, it, it's like a new. Br- I think it's Zord's brain because it has no memories and doesn't know what the deal is with. 
Benji or the alien mm. prince like only knows that he has to capture Yubi and doesn't know I there's no reconnaissance none of Zax's memories yeah so like all the like at the beginning of the thing when uh, Zax is stuck in a pipe it turns out Zax is afraid of spiders because he doesn't like mm. how it feels when they crawl on him and then like the next scene after there's a replacement Zax mm. this, Zax this is new- like it's just a spider there's nothing to be afraid of of spiders and mm. we're like uh oh uh oh something's going on here something's going on with this this droid anyway the droid is uh, uh, they, turns they, out fine yeah, they chase him back to the same alleyway where there's filth and garbage cans and rusty, wanna, rusty nails. I want to see... Because Benji's accent... This is the last episode of Benji's mm. accent. Like, this is all we got. And uh, we all know that if it had lasted, we'd have more stories set in whatever strip mall <laughs> they had. Oh, there's an aquarium at the strip mall. Cool. All right, so here's one where mm. they befriend a fish. I don't know. Mm. I want to see Benji Zax and Alien Prince get to the point where Yubi is like, it, let's say it was a hit show. Okay. Let's and say it lasted five seasons. And, and Yubi grows up. He's got to be old enough to go back to Antars. Mm. Do they just do a sad episode where he leaves, or do they find a way to get Benji onto Antars with like a magical collar? No, the, it's, a, it's, a tr- it's like E.T. There's just okay. going to be a tragic parting episode. Like, it's triumph, he finally gets to go back, but mm. he has to say goodbye to Benji, and that's the big, the big dramatic ending. Okay, cool. I want to see the big budget Netflix reboot of this, like ten years, like was it thirty years later? Yeah, where Yubi comes back and he's fifty and he's talking to like <laughs> the new Benji, who's also Netflix, so it's fine, it's part of the canon. Uh, and he shows up and he's just like Benji, it is I. And then Benji's just like woof. And then Zax is just like, this isn't Benji, this is Benji's great 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 grandnephew. <laughs> oh. Pretty amazing we found that dog. Like, what are the odds out of all the dogs? Like, does, the, does this one also have the soul of a human? Uh, it's one-eighth human now. Yeah. This, yeah. One, this one is uh, uh, one-eighth Patton Oswalt. Oh, interesting. God. Well, I say, Louis Black. <laughs> Gotta get some, some f- f- angry, foul-mouthed comedian. Bobby Slayton. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Henry Rollins. <laughs> Iggy Pop, you got Iggy Pop <laughs> to play the voice of Zach. Iggy Pop would do it. Iggy Pop did kids shows. That's true. He totally was. <laughs> he, did, he did the Avengers of Pete and Pete. <laughs> That's so weird that they got Iggy Pop. Let's hide out in this strip mall. Hey man, whatever kid. Right. I got some cigarettes. <laughs> it's almost amazing Tommy Chong wasn't on this show. Like you'd think you could get Tommy. Uh, Chong. They had no. They had no power in this show. They had fifty dollars per episode. But Tommy Chong just shows up whenever something that people might like when they're high happens. I, maybe I don't know. No, this 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 is a. a there, there is a kind of low budget tenacity to the show because they're clearly just filming on the fly. We wouldn't be surprised if they filmed guerrilla style. Oh, I'm they sure just they just went did a out lot to these the abandoned time, yeah. locations and filmed whatever. Um, that complete lack of sheen does have a charm to it. I think this feels like we talked about uh, in a recent. Um, mm. <clears throat> we recently reviewed all of the Oscar nominated shorts, mm. and we talked about how one of them feels like an Adult Swim pilot. Yeah. With very little tweaking, this is an Adult Swim show, and I think your idea of just redubbing Zach's would work. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all you need. But like, this is the kind of thing that people exert great amounts of effort to replicate on purpose now, and <laughs> as, it's com- as, as like satire, and it's completely unironic. Uh-huh. Like this is just like it, it's actually hard to watch this and think. They were serious. <laughs> they thought this was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought kids would love this. I, I, I mentioned Small Wonder. Small Wonder is usually held up as kind of like the bellwether of 
bad sitcom ideas taken to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Small wonder, just to read, you probably know what it is, but it's yeah, a, 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 a sitcom about a suburban family and they ha- and, uh, they build themselves a child. Yeah, like there's, there's already a young child in the house, but they also build a, a sister who is mm-hmm. a robot and she has a robot voice and does weird robot stuff like extending her neck or lifting heavy things. And it was a hit. It lasted like four seasons. It was, yeah, it was a big show for, for what it was. Yeah. They got guest stars, like Jesse the Body Ventura was in one episode. It was a real sitcom. It was a kid-friendly sitcom mm-hmm. along the lines of Hey Dude or Mr. Belvedere, but it was a real sitcom. Yeah. Um, and it was dumb as a post. Oh, yes. It was one of the stupidest, silliest mm. things. It was my mother the car, but it was my sister the robot. Fine. And Benji's acting prince is like that, but like I just don't know what they thought this was. <laughs> Do they think we're going to get really it, invested it was, in the mythology of Antars? It was Do they the, think that <coughs> that sneeze of things? We got a dog and we get a robot. Kids like dogs; they like robots. Let's just put them both in the same show without really thinking about it. Here's what you do. Here's what. You, here's how you fix this show. Mm-hmm. You make the kid the robot. Okay. The kid is a ro- is a robot who's mm-hmm. on Earth, and Benji is teaching him things, and he can talk teaching to the him dog. about humanity. And okay. he's just like hiding out, and that's it. You just mm-hmm. just streamline it, and then okay. you keep him in one place. All right, put put him in a school, put him in an orphanage, put him somewhere, and just leave him there, and let him learn about our world. And there, yeah, there are people chasing him, and Benji takes gets him out of danger all the time. That's mm-hmm. fine, but like that's it. Uh huh. That's the whole shtick. Because it's like, weirdly, just adding that extra character makes it complicated, but unnecessarily, because there is no character dynamic. Well, if there's no character, there's also another way to do this, Mm. like in the PBS mold. Mm. You you still have this low budget. You want to do this show with, you know, Benji and a robot and and a young boy from outer space who doesn't know anything about humanity. Cool. Make it a, an educational travelogue. Mm. They go to the Alamo. They go to the Liberty Bell. They just travel America and they learn about American history. And I can see that. Yeah, and and heck, make it even shameless. Have like little asides where the, the action stops and you have a little animated. And here's what happened when Betsy Ross made the flag. You know, whatever it is. I can see that. That would that that would make a little bit more sense with this premise, where they're just sort of traveling around because and we don't really need to think too hard about where he's getting his food because we're too focused learning about the Civil War. Yeah, we just need other stuff. Like, the, mm-hmm. the opening of every episode can't be, I'm starving to death in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's half the episodes begin with, I'm starving to death in the uh, woods. That's not a really great place to begin your kid's show. How are you today this morning, Prince Yubi? A raccoon stole my shirt! I'm so cold! I bathed in a septic tank today! <laughs> I thought it was cleansing mud. <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast? A live sparrow. <laughs> just, just, just grabbed it and put it in my mouth. I was so hungry. <laughs> was Benji Zax and the Alien Prince canceled? Too <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing to show that makes me want more. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's baffling and it's kind of unsavory. It, it just it just it, it feels gross to watch it. A, a lot of yeah, a lot of the episodes are really kind of disgusting because this kid is in like such destitute locations. Yeah, it just it it it's depressing is what it's like. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch could remake this into a movie, and it would probably be great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the only way I can imagine this working. Jar- Got Iggy Pop. He's hey, worked I- with Jim Jarmusch several times. Hey, go! <laughs> it all works out. I, I really, really want to thank Kevin for uh, donating the show to us mm. uh, because. 
Good golly. I checked that one off the list. Someone's <laughs> been staring <laughs> me at this whole time. We've now seen Benji Zax and the Alien Prince. Oh, thank God. It, it did fulfill this weird empty hole in my childhood memories because that robot was in my brain. You knew the robot. I knew, right. like, the, okay. the, the eyes of that robot had somehow made their way into my memories, and I don't know how it got in there, and now it's it's been well, well, completed. I'm, I'm a fan of Benji. I wrote an article mm. for The Wrap that ranked all the Benji movies, and they actually <laughs> sent it back to me because I was like, you wrote too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is too, too detailed. Yeah. Like, I wrote like this big treatise on the Benji movies, and I had to scale it back a bit Aww. because I just, I, I'm interested. I love mm. this dog and his journey. And, uh, and again, if you like Benji, first off, this show is available and it's not expensive. You can mm. totally get this. It's probably all on YouTube. It's all there. Uh, but if you want to see Benji, look at the original Benji movie. Really quite good. Mm. And then look at the Netflix one. Yeah, Those the, are the two. Those two are rock solid. Despite the presence of the new Netflix film, Benji is still a little bit of like an outlier in the pop landscape. Well, it's weird because I bet you anything that Benji movie was supposed to go to theaters. Probably. And then it ended up going to Netflix, and Netflix dumped it. It wasn't like Roma, where they're going to really make sure you know that it exists. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things they put mm. out every Friday. There was no fanfare for the return of Banji, and it's a shame, because again, that movie, it's well shot, it's well acted, mm. there's good suspense. Actually thought about it. Yeah, it's, it's a solid kids movie. Yeah, like, right. it, it didn't make my bit less the best, the best of the year list or nothing, but it's good. Hmm. So, I would recommend checking those out. They're both really, really good. The They always... Every dog they've had to train Benji, really well-trained dog. <laughs> really well-trained dog. Mm-hmm. And that's always impressive. It's just impressive to see the dog dialing a phone in one take. <laughs> and you're just sort of like, wow, that must have been really hard to teach that dog to do. Like, one intelligent dog right yeah, there. Yeah, so kudos to Benji. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. It's The year isn't over yet. At the end of every season of... Uh, Cancel Too Soon, we do our Cancel Too Soon Awards. Uh-huh. I will be nominating Benji for Best Actor. For Benji? I will be nominating. I don't know if he'll make the cut, but I will be nominating Benji for Best Lead Actor. Mm. We'll see how he does. Uh, so that is it for Cancel Too Soon, everybody. Thank you very, very much for listening. We will be back next week with a review, per your request, per their, our poll, mm-hmm. Of John from Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, this uh, was a, a donation, and uh, we put a, a several on a poll, and this we had to have a runoff. What was what was this up against? Oh, uh, it was uh, Harper's Island. Harper. Okay, it was either going to be John from Cincinnati or Harper's Island. We'll get and, to Harper's Island eventually, anyway. But, yeah, but we'll do uh, John from Cincinnati. John from next. Cincinnati first. It was an HBO series. I know nothing about this show. All I know the is there's a floating surfer on the cover, and it has of, of something the, yeah, we have the, following. We have the the DVD box right here in front of us, and there's a floating surfer on it. And it has Rebecca de Mornay in it. Also, cool. Also Luis Guzman, who's always a delight. It's a good cast. Mm-hmm. So that will be coming up next week. Also, uh, stick around on our Patreon, patreon.com slash cancel too soon. We have some bonus stuff coming up real, real soon. We are about to buckle down right this minute, as soon as we're done, mm. and record an episode uh, of the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie about the wild women of Chastity Gulch. <laughs> What happens when wild women real. stop being chased and start getting real? The, the real South. Yeah, no, it's a it's a Civil War TV movie starring Donny Osmond and Joan Collins, well, produced by Aaron Spelling. So you'll just you, picture it in your head. You've already got it. 
Um, so like, 1982, it came out. So we'll be talking all about that uh, mm-hmm. on there, and that's for patrons only. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, any other place you find the show. Leave us a review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. If you can't afford to contribute on Patreon, just tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Let people know <laughs> that the show exists and that you like it. That Even that really, really helps out. A lot. I'm on Twitter at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And uh, that's a wrap, everybody. We'll see you next season. <laughs>